Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite lacrosse podcast. I'm here with Scotty Rogers and Greg Beast Grenlian, and this is episode 15 of Rise Up. Fellas, welcome back. How we doing? Greg? Scotty's not doing well. Well, I'm just glad no. Scotty calmed down a little bit. He came in a little hot. Yeah, Scotty's, we, we got good Scotty now, man. You guys, I, I, my only wish is that we got. Do we have a recording of Scotty when he came on hot? I think earlier? we do. I recorded. Oh, it. I recorded. Shit. Pull the shyness shot. Um, yeah, dude, I, I've uh, I've been good, man. I, um, you know, but just been grinding. FOA National Showcase coming up in a couple weeks. That's our our big baby. So pumped to get that going. And yo, holidays are like right around the corner, guys. Yeah. Crazy. No, Scotty, what's on your Christmas, Christmas list? Tree. Anything good? I saw a Christmas tree already. For me? What's on your Christmas list, Scotty, besides a new laptop? Ah, uh, man, Becca Becca was asking me. We've been together for like three weekends straight traveling, doing stuff. And uh, she ran a little 10K this weekend. So we were talking about the next uh, step was Christmas. And I got a little, I get heavy anxiety from just gift giving. I think it's, I think it's such a mess if you don't, ask like what are you going to functionally use if you're going to use something every day i would love to buy that for you but if it's like something that just is worn once or twice why am i buying that what some advice i i tried to shoot for the moon when i first met jenny on our very first christmas i got her a louis vuitton bag that i knew she always wanted and i absolutely barely could afford yeah and then after that she was she loved it then the next year, I was like, how am I going to top? Yeah. God damn it. You buried yourself. What I will recommend to any men who are listening to this, find her best friend, ask her best friend. That is the home run. They never steer you wrong. They're always right. Works every time. So, uh, Leo, see, Sibes, I think I'm going for uh, a getaway cabin. You ever see the getaway house? No. Getaway house is like, like you rent like this. It's like a... It's almost like it's one of those cabins that they lock you in and you got to figure out how to get out. It's an escape room, but it's nice. <laughs> no. So you rent it in a mountain and like it's like three days. It's basically glamping. It's like a nice – it's a Love nice it. – I can't camp. I can't fend for myself. So no, no, I'm going to go – into a house. I think that's a great move. I love the experience gifts, especially if I'm paying for it. I want to fucking do it too. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if I'm buying it, I'm going to do something that we can both enjoy. And I'm going to – like, yeah, you want tickets to a Patriots game? <laughs> We're both going. Yeah, well, look, if, you're, if your women are anything like my wife, my wife, all she wants to do is spend quality time. She wants to create memories. So, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a home run right there. QT. Um, that's a, we always hear that word, QT, in the relationship oh, game. Yeah. Quality time. No, yeah, I think I think this year I'm I'm going for the the you know experience gift too. Um, I've never I haven't been I've been to Europe once in ninth grade on a school trip and I've never been since. I've never seen like Italy, never been to Paris, never been to any of these places. So we're trying to pick a place to go to Europe, and I think we're both going to save our money, and do that for our Christmas gift this year, my girlfriend and I. So we're we're excited about that. Love that, dude. Good, Good move. The Euro is like. One hundredth of a dollar right now, so you're, get over there. Shave that mustache off before you go over there. Yeah, good. That's a great. No way. You're gonna fit in great in France with that mustache. You kidding me? Yeah. You get yourself a nice horizontal striped shirt. Get over to France, man. <laughs> yep. We're on. You know what we're recording? It's November fifteenth. I'm fifteen days in, about two weeks. My muzzy's looking strong. Um, scaring all the kids on the street and raising some good funds along the way. Uh, big shout out, Movember Foundation. If you don't know about it, go check it out. 
uh, raising awareness for men's health issues. We love all that good stuff. I got enough mustache for both of y'all, so I'm glad we can we can uh, have it riding. <laughs> I keep it going. Just keep it going, man. Just keep it going. I think uh, what's the uh, you want to plug the um, what are you at right now? Raising donation wise. Yeah, I mean, I have a pretty modest goal. My goal is three k. I don't I don't love begging people for money. I'm about halfway there, halfway through the month, so I'm right on track. Like I said, my my whole goal is spreading awareness um, about you know all men's health issues, mental health. Um, testicular cancer, prostate cancer, the types that specifically, um, you know, affect men. And, you know, just like I said, raising awareness, um, you know, being not being okay with, you know, going and getting stuff checked out. Um, you know, I said it last week on the podcast, you know, because I went into the doctor, got myself checked out, had these uh, Movember foundations instilled in me, I was able to kind of catch my case early. And that's what's, you know, why I'm here talking to you guys. Hey, caught it early. Just, a, just a little plug for the, uh, you know, for another podcast on our platform, Speak Your Mind, right? Uh, you know, that we talk about mental health here. That's that's the one that I know we are all interested in. You know, Greg and I have been talking about being guests on their on their podcast over there, and just I love what they're doing. I love how they're they're addressing uh, mental health as far as athletes after you play, when you get out, depression, the feeling. That's not our platform right now, and those guys are doing a great job bringing that to the forefront. So, just wanted to shoot them a little plug. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I appreciate you guys supporting me and my message in November. And I appreciate um, the guys at Torch Pro giving, giving me the, the platform where I'm able to spread my message along. But yeah, fellas, I really, really thank you. Before we get into next, let's uh, give a shout out to our sponsors real quick. We got Roback. I know it's getting cold out. Get your hoodies, get your quarter zips. Use promo code RISEUP20. Scotty, I saw you got a pair of those joggers. How are they treating you? I, I'm trying to get a pair. How'd you get the hook up there? I uh, I just been screenshotting and DMing and begging, essentially. But it works. <laughs> um, so I'm like, hey, if you got these in a 2XL, I'll try them on for you. Just let me know. And they're like, all right, we'll send them your way, idiot. They did the same thing with the Irish. Uh, they had like a shamrock quarter zip. And I literally like screenshot. Screenshot. I was like, hey. You guys know I went to Notre Dame, right? Would love to test that out for you. <laughs> you guys know I'm Irish, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yes, we, we love Roback. We love the gear. I got to get myself some of those joggers now that's cold. It's freezing out today. The weather changed. And let's give another shout out to our other presenting sponsor, Level Select CBD. It is formulated with premium CBD and complementary active ingredients to deliver results that you can feel. Level Select produces their own premium quality CBD and can deliver the best products to you for the best prices. It is all backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. I'm about to re-up on these. I'm, I'm out of the, the CBD with the melatonin ones. You know, Greg loves those as well. Make sure you use promo code RISE20 to get yourself some Level Select CBD. You guys know, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I, I would love that too if uh, those guys could send me some of those because I'm resorting to other resources now to go to sleep <laughs> and it's not great. So I need, yeah, so I need some, uh, I need some more of those like CBD gummies. We love Jesus. it. We love it. And, <laughs> and I'm going to give another quick shout out. Greg touched upon, you know, his big event for Face Off Academy. We know Greg's been crushing it there for years, but big shout out to 42 Performance LLC. Scotty's new new venture, Scotty's new gig. Scotty, plug that a little bit. Tell us about oh, yeah, 42 man. Performance LLC. 
Yeah. So like I said, I, I, I did the sales thing, guys, and it was a very stressful um, in my life, but it was a good opportunity for me. Uh, I wanted to see if I could proceed in that area. But after a year, I just, you know, I know what I'm good at. I know I want to be a coach. I know I want to influence kids. I know I want to speak. So 42 performance involves strength, conditioning, um, goalie training and motivational speaking. So if, it, you know, all those three things in the forefront, you know, if, if some team wants me to come speak to their their group, it's in that uh, we're in all that little uh, that that arena. So I got three things in that arena. Good for you, man. Thank Finally. you, brother. Good for you. Thank you. I know. Appreciate it. Listen to that, kids. Chase your dreams. Don't ever let someone tell you you can't do something. Scotty, still getting after it. Retired life. Fuck that. He's grinding still. We love it. We yeah, love it. We're rooting for grinding. you. We love to see it. You had a big turnout out in uh, what was that? Minnesota. Minnesota. And by the way, it's it's getting. It's getting unbearably cold already there. So that place is we just missed. I think we missed the bad stuff because that was Did you do that? Did you do that with North Star with Ian? Yeah, it was uh, it was me, Ian and, and Rambo are starting because we're we're gonna run some summer events out there. So just doing a little prepper in the winter, getting the getting the word out for the summer camps on hopefully on Lake Minnetonka. I'll be on a boat. Uh, you guys doing clinic or are you doing overnight camps out there? So I think the goal the first the winter was um just clinics. The the summer's gonna be a big three three event summer out in um hopefully like i said lake minnetonka which would be nice let's uh let's talk man i haven't been out to see ian in a while I got, maybe hey, i can get some foa action i gotcha i gotcha hey listen yeah. my, my lacrosse still, stick still works i can come out and help out too you, know? you would be come a great Min- you'd be a great minnesota guy we got to get you away from like the the 20 eyes live from lake minnetonka Oof. you ever Love say it. have you guys ever hey have you guys ever been to no, like a, never. a lake oh yeah yeah, you have, Greg, right? Yeah. It, seems, I'm telling you, it might be the best party, unknown party spot in the Dude, country. It's 200 up their yards of you can make it from one side to the other going boat hopping. Yeah. <laughs> it's Dude, it's rowdy. It's so fun. Yeah, you see, we're going to get you out there. I've heard some great things, and yeah, I'd love to get out there and coach it up. Yeah, I'm still coaching, guys. If ever you need someone, let me know. Yeah, I don't know, it? man. You, you said you coached yeah. up a team in a tournament, and they they lost every game. I know that's, that's true. We got a I got a big I got a big tournament coming up December twenty eighth, twenty seventh, twenty eighth down in Naples, Florida. Yeah, sure, I'll go help coach out there. Come on. Hey, yeah, are you are you, are you are you a coach that like chooses by by location? Uh no. Would I mean listen if. This New York City rent ain't cheap. I, I'm doing anything wow, to supplement. Dude, I fucking know. So yeah, no, I, I and I got my, I got uh, one client that I give lessons to every Monday and Wednesday. My boy Pedro up on, uh, up on the Upper West Side. Take the train Love up that. there. Look like, look like a bozo on the one train with my lacrosse stick and my bag of balls. <laughs> we go up there. We grind. Yeah. You go up there yeah. near Columbia. You go up there near Columbia and do not that far fun. up. Up by like just like uh, a little west of the Central Park. Oh, cool. Free. I was on 79 in Columbus for like five years. Free field? Oh, no, what? Fr- uh, free field? You got a free field? Oh, my boy's got yeah, – uh, on Riverside there, there's plenty of fields, yeah. My boy has a turf field in the basement of his apartment complex. Indoors. All right. Now, all right we're talking some, some crazy shit now. Yeah. Cool. Right. Yeah. I'm uh, talking about New York City living. Big hookup. I, yeah, he's my boy. It's all I got. I love that. I love that. <laughs> but yeah. Everybody, you know, now we're shooting the shit about coaching, but we got a great episode in store for you. We got two more teams we're going to touch on in their off-season moves. We have a few 
uh, more news updates from the PLL in terms of the offseason. We're going to touch on uh, the Chrome and we're going to touch on the Redwoods. We have a great interview in store for you guys with Connor Farrell. He came on. Greg was even slinging some milk for him, tossing it back. Uh, we had a good, good, great interview. But yeah, let's start with uh, the big news story that came out of the free agent trade opening window was that the Cannons traded defenseman Matt Rahill and attackman John Piatelli for Redwoods attackman Matt Cavanaugh. Pretty uh pretty decent sized splash for you know the opening of the trade period. Yeah, you, you know what? I actually I mean I think for those of us who have been following, we saw this coming. I think at some point the Redwoods, Notre Dame tight core group, at some point somebody had to move somewhere. And I think for Cav, it's just he didn't know quite where he fit in that offense. And I think that Nat wanted to make a move that was both good for Cav so he can go do his thing, but also bring in pieces that they needed. Um, And you know what else is just interesting about the way that this free agency is starting? We talked last week a lot, right, when Rubior left – about like how this free agency thing is going to move. Like, do coaches want to pull the trigger? Um, and as an aside, you guys brought up Brian, uh, Coach uh, Spelina, Joe Spelina. Yeah, and you know we were talking about it. You know who loved to wheel and deal? Nobody loved trades more than Joe Spelina. I know. Nobody. I know. Joe had. No, I mean, he would be like, you know what? There's a 60% chance this is the right move. So we're going to execute that trade. He likes it. Yeah. And, and, and he just went for it, dude. So when we talked about that, like looking forward to this and the Atlas situation, you have a guy who, you know, and at first I was like, I don't know, man. He's got a lot going on. But his kids are going to college. So there's less going on at home. He's got a couple kids still younger. But I'm thinking like, man, like when you have a, a first – a number one, number three pick, right? That's what the Atlas have. Yeah. Your team at, at time is built with a core. You have the league MVP, so you have a, a great face-off man. You have a great goaltender, and you have a great youth injection of core. It, it, I mean, Joe Spelina is the name that I think is going to keep popping up. I, I, but here, here's the deal, man. I, I don't know. Joe would be great for that team because, like you said, with the trade, 60% is a good move, whatever. But he's also good knowing, like, Listen, let's get rid of Caraway. We have a valuable player there that we can get rid of. Let's just not hold him. Let's try to get some picks for him. Joe's a guy that builds for the future. So I like yeah. that. I like that Joe will do that. But the only problem I have right now with our roster spots in our league is that's all good, but there's just not enough like room for to build these teams. Like you're gonna like you need immediate impact, right? So it's like immediate impact first. Like Caraway, like that 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 sticks out to me. That that guy's just sitting there. And after the season he had that first year, there's got to be like second round pick value, first round pick value for a guy like that, right? Bucaro, right? Like these are guys. Well, here's that- the other thing too, though, Scotty is this draft is going to be so Heavy. insanely deep. Yeah, that. I think a lot of coaches are like, like we talked about, right? Like when you come in as a rook, like I can pay this rook a rook or I can spend five more grand on a guy who has been here for a few years. But I don't know. Like I just think there's so much talent that's going to come into the league that it's going to be interesting. That's why I brought this up because I think coaches are jockeying for picks right now. And they're all looking at the Atlas like son of a bitch. I think the Atlas are going to take Chris Fate. Yeah. 
I think they're going to get another defender. Tucker's on his way. I don't think Tucker's on his way out, but I think Tucker's. No, but Chris Fake is a freak. Yeah, he's like Tucker Durkin with. Dude, like, he's a freak. I, yeah. I can't believe yeah. he's still in college. I played against him in college. I, I know. I know. Dude, we talked about this. There's going to be a whole bunch of guys that are going to come out ready. That, yeah, have full beards and a couple kids. No, yeah. I know. They're going to come out ready to go. I know. Can we talk about anyway, that? can we talk about that cap? Like we were talking about cap, and, and I was shaking my head through that whole thing just because I, you're right, Greg. But I also think like, listen, right, I thought Ryder Garzny was always the outlier that did not fit in to what they were doing, and I don't know how that during that year, Cav became the the scapegoat of he doesn't fit what we're doing. It's like Cav's been always. Able to play like in Denver, you plug him in with Lawsy, you plug him in. I don't know if Cav is deserve doesn't deserve that that narrative. Let me, let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase it. Not that he doesn't fit, but when you talk about Nat Saint Laurent is a big energy guy. Yeah. Right. Ryder is a overwhelmingly positive person to be around. Okay. He's a spark. Cav, love him can go up and down a little bit once in a while, right? <laughs> and I think because of the respect he has for Cav, I think Nat's sitting there going, look, what we need, we have enough attackmen who are studs. Let's use one, give him an opportunity to be a stud somewhere else, and then let's get what we really need, which is what I think the Redwoods need the most, which is a flat-out speed dodger out of the middle of the field who can create offense. Because you're leaning so heavy on that on the attackman. I mean, what, what's the if I'm playing the Redwoods, what am I afraid of? RP driving GLE, either leaving him on my defender on an island so he can dunk it, or collapsing down on him and then he throws it up top and Miles bombs it too. I'd be so fucking I'd be fucking pissed if I was Cav. I, I, I gotta be pleased. I, this is how I feel about it. Like I feel like Robbie comes in. Robbie does what Robbie does. I'm good friends with Robbie. I was roommates with Robbie on the Atlas. Robbie comes in. Cab was the quarterback. Cab was the guy, the captain clutch. And somehow the Robbie effect always prevails. And, and listen, that's okay. But if I'm Cab playing for the Canada this year, I will, I will circle that game on the calendar and I will try to have about seven well, points. Well, of course, because he's a, he's a competitor. Right. And, and that's why we love him. And nobody competes harder than Cab. Yeah. But, but I think when you have Rob Pinnell come in, you're going to give him the keys yep. to your offense. Yep. And I think, you know, like I said, I don't know if anybody has more tools in their toolbox than Rob. No, I agree. But, like, but my point was it's less about Cav not fitting in the offense and more about saying this is a guy who can get us a ton of value. They got two guys out of that trade. But how much value did you, do you think they got? They got a, You said they needed a, you know explosive mini dodger. They got – a, a solid stay-at-home defenseman and John Piatelli, who was a solid college attackman. You know, he's great for Cornell in their championship run. But but here's something he didn't get much pro experience last summer. Here's so what people get always forget back. about trades. Here's yeah. what people always forget about trades is sometimes you're trading for a trade. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you're trading for assets that you are going to use possibly for another trade. Or you're trading for assets and you're going to replace somebody with one of those assets for another trade down the line. And I think that you use the fact that you can get some kind of, you know, something back for Cav right now because he still, he can still start on any team in the league. 
and you use that opportunity. He's just the odd guy out who just didn't – that's the guy they picked. Why can't – so if I'm Boston, did Boston have a chance to ask for who's available to trade or was it just that was that you could have – No, the answer? way it works is Nat was like, here's who I want and, he had, and, he, and they had to give it to him. So listen, if I, Jules Hennenberg would have been – the I love Jules. Jules would have been the guy that I would I would – think should move away from the uh, Redwoods and then would actually benefit the Cannons the best there. That's what, that's what I, I think. I would agree. Make no, that's, a, that's a great point. I feel like I the, the Cannons have had a rotating cast on that left side. They had Shane Jackson playing that left wing a little bit who had a, who has chemistry with Lyle playing with the Swarm together. Yep. Then they had Cochran go in late and Jackson wasn't playing in the back half of the season. And, you know, Cochran, he played well. You know, he was a Cannon in the MLL. He played for Quirk. He was one of his guys. Um, but, you know, that left side, it's not like there's an open slot. It's a little bit of a rotating cast. The Cannons tried out a bunch of guys. Obviously, um, Cav is going to go in and that's his spot. But it's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like it's a, it's, it's like a big gaping hole that the Cannons had. I, I, I don't know if that, I, like I said, I just, the move to me was, it was just a move. It wasn't a big splash for me. Cavs going to go there. I don't know how Cavs going to play with Lyle. Uh, I really don't because both are very ball dominant players. <clears throat> um, and also you have uh, Ryan Drenner probably has no idea what the hell's going on in his life right now. He's probably like, where do, where do I fit in this equation, right? Right. Well, I think a lot of the guys on the Cannons are going to be trying to figure out what's going on this offseason. Yeah. And I think... You know, when you when you have a, a season like they did where, dude, they were within like two goals of almost everything. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, how do you say, okay, how do we get those two goals next year? Like, how do we just – if we just did that four times, we would have been like third in the league. Yep. Um, so how do they get that? You don't blow the whole thing up. And people are like, oh, free lie. You're like, dude, this team was so close in every game. The last game of the season took the whips to the last second. So I think all they need is that they're trying to find pieces. But, you know, look, our job as analysts is to figure out what happened, right? And my thing is, I think Matt St. Laurent looked at the culture of the locker room and said, one of you guys, whoever has the most worth that I can get for what the Cannons are willing to give up, and I can go make you happy somewhere. Because he also, you guys have to remember, like, there's a, there's a human element to these trades. Like we said, these guys, they would much rather have somebody else do this trading and do the financial stuff, but they have to do everything. Nat St. Laurent did not sit there and go, I can't wait to get rid of Cav. So, you know, I, I think there's a human element to this is how can I do right by this person, but also get some worth that's going to help us down the line? Because we don't know what their plan is on trade day. You know, right. before we start, maybe the Redwoods trade one of these guys and a pick to move up or something. Who knows? No, absolutely. And while we're here, let's let's talk about some of the free agents whose deals are expiring for the Redwoods. Um, your guys' boy Hartzell, um, Miles Jones. Glaze, Jack Kelly, um, Jack Near, John Sexton, uh, among some other guys. So they have, you know, a lot of people that they need to either tie down or that they could possibly keep making moves. Who do you think of that group is is must sign? Um, you know, Jack, Jack Kelly. Yeah, yeah. I just think after about, the year. What, yeah. what about Troutner? I mean. They kind of went back Timmy, and forth. I love Timmy, year. man. I, I kind of know Nat just from playing with him for like five years. He's very about consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he, because you can build a defense around what you know you get it, you're getting um, every game. And I think Timmy mm-hmm. goes really well. Timmy, Timmy could go off for about 20, 22 saves in a game and be player of the game. But right now, Jack, I, you can feel his 
the way he spoke about Jack in the post game and stuff, it's just like he has that USA experience. He has the leadership experience. He has the adversity. I know, you know, Greg knows this more than most. Uh, also, Nat loves adversity, guys. He loves guys that can kind of find it, right? You know, it's, I, I just spoke to Jack today because he wants to focus a lot on mobility this offseason and step his game up even more. Now, this is a guy who there was a, like four years there where he was like, Arguably the best face, the best goalie on the planet. Um, trying to make another run at Team USA again, and he's still trying to improve his game. So that says a lot about what he expects next year. You know, it's interesting. I think when you look at you know who they absolutely have to sign. I know Hartsy's coming back for one more year. Uh, what's their draft pick situation? They have the second overall pick. Yeah, really. So if I'm, I mean, look, we have guys who won their. A lot of contracts are up. Two, there are guys who are on the cusp, right, that want to win a championship. They have good careers outside of lacrosse, like Glaze, for instance. You know, um, so, you know, what are you looking at three years from now when you have the number two pick? Do you – is there a goalie worth the number two pick, right? They have a face-off guy. They have sturdy goalies. They have a, an incredible communicator in Glaze. I don't think – I think if Glaze is able to play, I don't see how you let him go. No, no. I, I – uh, wait, can I, go, can I – let me push back. Can I, can I push I back he's the backbone of that defense. He's – Yeah. He's their, I got to push leader. back on this though because this is where I think you're both correct, but you have to start thinking about the future. It's not – They've been a great defense in that league and they've been great and they've been veteran and they've been communicating. It's if you don't get ahead of it now and you don't make the hard decisions with these picks, you're going to get stuck with an old bad defense soon. And what's going to happen is it, it could be a year from now. It could be two years from now. Glaze is doing that job on Wall Street. Glaze is great. He's going to be in shape, whatever. But you can get ahead of this now, get some value for Glaze, let him, or whatever, let him move on, and then try to work this new, keep Apple around, keep um, Arden Cohen around, right? And then you're still kind of young because Arden's young. Apple's uh, now the vet. And then you could kind of groom another guy to keep so this thing moving. I, I, I totally agree with you, but knowing Glaze the way we do, I don't think Glaze is interested in playing for anybody else. I don't think Glaze is particularly interested in getting paid way more. I think Glaze loves where he's at. He wants to keep playing with Epp. I don't think he I think he wants to retire next to Epp. But also Glaze has what you can't really teach. Yeah. If I have, like to your point, if I want to say, say we get Fink number two in the draft, right? Dude, could you imagine being a rookie? Defender and coming in and having Glaze as your communicator, dude, that's a wrap. So I think if there's a lights out LSM, lights out defender, even a lights out two way midi that's going to play some D mid and offense for you, like a Terrafanco type, dude, you need Glaze there to make that transition better. I think that's if if we're talking about Apple as like, okay, maybe he's a step away from retiring. I would be totally on board with what you're saying because that's a covered defenseman. That's different. <laughs> I mean, Glaze can do this forever until he wants to hang it up because Glaze isn't a come out and shut you down defender. No. He just makes the whole machine work. And I've never seen anybody do it better. So than would him. you say 
Well, uh, Ross Zimmerman did it better when he was at Notre Dame with me, but he was a good talker. And that's what Glaze learned. Well, I never played with him. I know, so no, I know, I know. But that's, I played in that, <laughs> I know, I played in that system. We breed that third defenseman, second defenseman being the quarterback, um, being able to run the show. Every year we have one of those guys in our, in our, in our defense. But if Apple's around and you don't need a guy like Chris Fake to be there, then yes, keep it together. But if you're like anticipating one, so you're saying Apple leaving would be easier than uh, than um, Glaze leaving. You need Glaze, you think, more, the value-wise. Yes, because even though Apple is an absolute juggernaut, yeah. you can you can bring in athleticism. Those are more easier to come by, in my yeah, opinion. I agree. A takeaway check guy rather than a Glaze who runs the defense. I know personally, like, if I'm a D mid and I come into camp and I have a guy who's literally like, stand here, do this, you're second. Go. Holy shit. The learning curve goes like that. That makes the whole team better. Yep. Um, so I guess the question is like, when we were looking at just the list, in my opinion, on the list of guys that you mentioned, I think for value, because he doesn't need a huge contract, I'm not speaking for, I'm just assuming. And a guy who, who, is 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 worth something that you don't find very often as far as his communication skills. Man, I I, I just Glaze is the guy that I think that you have to keep. Agreed. What about Miles Jones? You know, he's kind of their, you know, their big midi. He led the team in points this year. He's a two-point threat. He's pretty much defined himself as a staple, you know, of the PLL. Do we think that He's getting up there in age or must keep? No, or? I love – look, the question was who do – one guy that we actually have to keep. Yeah. But, I mean, Miles started off slow and then became who we thought he was going to be in the PLL. And Miles is awesome. But, like I said, finding an athletic two-point threat in the draft is a little bit easier than finding a world-bound communicator – like glaze. Oh, well, you can let is Perk on that list? No. Perk's Perk's, Perk's supposed to come back. Perk's back. He's so I, I just and I'll say this I'll say this every time. I don't see any sense of Perk and Miles being on the same line or on the field together. I would I would if you had a speed dodger from X who forced you to collapse down or else, like if you had Wolf back there in his prime, yeah, sit him up on the corners. I dare you to slough down and guard GLA so I can throw it over top. And then if you have a midi who can beat his man every time and then throw it back over the top or get it through X and then get it for the second dodge, that's what I think the Redwoods need. If the Redwoods have a flat-out speed dodger. So I love Bertrand. I love what he brought. They have 100%. They have what's his name? Another option on the midfield, a full speed ahead guy. Like Harry in his prime who could split people, whatever. Somebody who can draw the defense to slide, you would have two hammers up there crushing you, but they don't, Scotty. You're right. So there, there isn't any value in having those two hammers because neither one of them are going to catch the ball at the midfield and just blow by their guy. Well, Montgomery, Montgomery could be, I think, with another year under his belt. I honestly think now that he, your first year you come in, you're like, where do I fit in? I don't want to yeah, step on. Yeah. I don't want to step on toes. He, yo, he really came on. 
He really came on. He could be that guy. He could be the guy that you're asking for, the speed guy. Now, if he learns to dodge hard and then look to throw it over the top, he wasn't looking to throw the ball over the top. No, he's a little bit more one-dimensional. Alley dodge, he's got a lot of shake. Mm -hmm. But I'd love for him to just flat out catch it and sprint at the goal. And then throw it back. Yeah, sprint at the goal. And then either throw it back over the top or get it to Rob right away. And that machine would move real well and easy. Um, but I feel like that's if, – if, if, if he can become that guy, then, yeah, you're talking yeah. – Yeah, I think – no, you, I think you guys make some great points. I think with Kavanaugh getting moved on, I know they got Piatelli back in that trade. But I think it also leaves room for either Bertrand or Jules to slide down to attack. And then that opens up that spot at the midfield for the draft pick. Like you said, a party starter, someone that can get the defense rotating off that first slide and get that ball slinging. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, to see I actually – I love that analysis. I think getting Bertrand into that third attack spot because he proved how damn good he is at cutting, finishing, all that stuff, and then keeping him on the field more often, allowing a new, young, Costabile-esque type of guy to come in. I think that was the – I think you're right. I think that was the mindset with that move. I think watching Bertrand do what he did this season, he kind of took the reins on the offense a bit. If it wasn't Rob, it was Bertrand, right? So, yeah. I but mean, Let's not forget about Piatelli, though. Piatelli's a stud. Yeah, absolutely. I so, yeah. scored a million goals at Cornell. Took him to the took him to the national championship. Yeah. I'm I'm rooting for him. He's a mass guy. I root for all the Massachusetts kids, so I'm rooting for him to get a shot um, this year for sure. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I think a lot of good points, a lot of big decisions that Nat needs to make um, with some you know big name free agents. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. They made the first splash in the pond in terms of off season moves. So I'm interested to see if anything else comes, you know, out of the way. I know we have some news coming out later this week about the sixes. I'm I'm keeping my ear to Lax Twitter about some new moves coming out in terms of trades. But let's uh let's talk about the second team uh we're gonna touch upon today, which is the Chrome. We have Connor Farrell. Make sure you tune in a little bit later here. His breakdown of that Island of the Misfit toys that I love to call them and uh, how their chemistry is. But, you know, they have some deals expiring this year. 11 players. Um, you know, Connor's one of them. I don't think yeah. he's moving anywhere. I think they're all uh, They also – yeah. Um, they have Jordan McIntosh, Jackson Morrill, Rannigan, Eli Salama, who, you know, was a great LSM for them. Um, and then who else? Nick Grill who was moved over to them from the Whip Snakes, defenseman, solid D guy. And then they have the fifth overall pick in 2023. So I think, all right. Um, so for me, I think they signed, they re-signed McIntosh is, is Sudo's boy. He's been on part of every one of those teams that Sudo runs. So he's the vet. He's going to keep everyone together. He's got a little shit to him. He's, he's the attitude. He's like the, the uncle of that team. Uh, Salama could probably move along. He'll probably move on to it, maybe get a different change of air. Um, I think Rannigan is also a staple with that, um, Rochester kind of group. And I know if it's Sudo's a coach, he's going to extend that invite to Rannigan unless he has other stuff going on career wise that he might not want to be there. But besides that, I can't see McIntosh and Rannigan leaving that core group. Um, Jack Jackson Morrill, I think you like guys bring him back. You bring him back, but you, you, having the impact you had from Nick Turn and Wisnowskis, I don't know if it's mandatory now um, to, to you know to do that because of those two guys produced at such a high level as rookies. So That's a great point. I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think Salama goes. I think um, Nick Rill, great defender. 
right? Uh, he has a winning pedigree from Maryland. Uh, I think someone would be lucky to have him play. I think he would fit in that Water Dogs defense. I even think the Atlas could could pick him up some way. Uh, he would fit in there. Um, but I, I, I the upstate guys, the, the the root guys, I think Greg would agree there. Those two Rannigan and McIntosh are pseudo guys. Yeah, I think the Chrome are definitely a team where the guys want to stay. Yeah. And, um, you know, Connor will tell you it's it's not like where they're going to be like, hey, I'm, I'm out of here for this extra grand. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what's the Chrome draft situation? Fifth pick. Fifth. What is the fifth pick, though? What, uh, give me – like you guys talk about this draft being deep. You know me. I'm a pretty big asshole with keeping up with who's coming out. Um, who is – who would be the fifth best player if I had to assume? I mean – we're going to have to get the full list of kids. We could do a draft. That, we'll do our own draft. Kids, I thought I thought we're going to be in last year's class. We, we, could, know. We, you know, we could do a draft preview. I think that yeah. was our plan. Oh, plan goddamn right? right. We're going to do a draft preview. I, I, well, here's the thing is, you know, when you look at a draft, what do you need? You need a finisher. They got that. You need an initiator. They got that. You need a goaltender. They got that. You need a faceoff man. You got that. And you need a communicator on defense. Okay. They have all those things. So, Sibes, this is your squad. What What is the most important piece that they need to add to get over the hump? Middies. Beat the chaos, beat the Middies. See, Middies. I, I, think, I think they're in such a good spot because no, no disrespect to the people that we named, you know, they're not their big guys. Obviously, besides Jordan, you know, he had a great season. He's Mr. Consistent, right? He had, you know, 13 goals He'll for the back. midfield this year. He'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah. But so besides him, I didn't list Nick Turn. I didn't list Wisnowskis. I didn't list Malloy. I didn't list Justin Anderson. So I didn't list Heath Carter. Are we Everything. are we sold on are we sold on Justin Anderson as their 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 primetime midi? I think he's so fast getting downhill. I think he's got an explosive first step. Can beat his man. Uh, I thought he had a great breakout season this year. He's all right. Um, so yeah, I I was impressed with him. Could yeah. he use a compliment? Yes. Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, I used to tell people this all the time. You know, being an attackman and catching the ball at, you know, three yards out and dunking it in, a lot of people can do that. Not that many people can, you know, dust the, an LSM with a six-foot pole from the midfield and get downhill and sting one in the bottom corner. You know, that's that's uh so asset that's here's my question. Who is the Chrome's two point threats? Anderson had one. McIntosh had one. That's it. They had so, two, two points. I, I, I could get one, closing my eyes and gripping and ripping it. Glazner got one. I mean, it's not – this isn't one. Glazner one. had two, my friend. Right, but he wasn't even aiming for that spot, and he closes his eyes. four points. Awesome. Okay, so my <laughs> – But one, one is not a three – one, two is Glaze, not a two-point threat. Back, Glaze. Don't listen to Scotty. You're my Fuck boy. That. I don't give Make a sure shit. you guys leave that out. Now, listen. The My point was we talked about this multiple times during the season, right? The Redwoods won some games and stayed in games that they may not have – may not or should have been able to do. But because they're a two-point team, they're built for it. If you add a two-point threat to the Chrome, you're talking a whole different deal. So, That's a great point. So – are there guys out there that could be a two-point threat for them, whether they're available free agency that we've spoken about in the past, or are there guys 
coming into the league, we don't really know yet. That could be good two-point threat. Sibes, who hammers the ball right now in college from about 12 to 15? Hmm, let me think. Like, um, I think hammers the ball. Well, I think I think the big the guy, big guy coming out of college next year will be Matt Brando. He left Yale. He's playing at Notre Dame. He had like a hundred points last year. I know he is Brando. Yeah. Um, guy. Yep. And then I'm trying to think. That's is Shellenberg coming out next year? I don't even know. I don't know who the big. I don't know who the big midi could be. I'm, so Greg, I'm, I'm Greg, just that's, me. Greg, that's Sam that's Hanley. Right. Sam Hanley. Sam okay. Hanley. So that's what Greg. That's what I'm trying to say. As much as we know, there are tons of athletes that are coming out. That skill to hammer the shit out of the ball right now is not something that a lot of people are doing in college either. They're playing so many. So like they're playing quick. You know, not yet know. until the two point line comes into college in six years. Six years. I like that. I would like that because then we can start seeing who can hammer the ball. Yeah, you're going to see it, man. Once we get these boomers out of that committee, young bucks are going to get, make that two pointer happen. Because, Sides are what I'm talking because about. Because right now, but 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 also, it's really hard to evaluate that trait because a guy yeah. on, in Virginia, if you don't get the ball from ten to twelve, you probably yeah. aren't allowed to shoot the ball. Dude, the last couple guys I can think of that I was like, holy shit, they're going to be two point Chris Hogan in college. No. I'll give you guys a sleeper. How about this? Matt Brownie. When Brownie was coming out of college, everyone knew he was going to be a two-point two guy. Two-point guy, right. And Costaville. Kyle when Costaville was coming out, I was like, that motherfucker's going to shoot. Kyle, oh, Kyle, Kyle Wharton back in the day for uh, – Yo. When he ripped the net. That motherfucker, he's like, hey, don't shoot the ball from 50-yard line. That's a I'll, name right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'll, oh, I'll give cool. you guys a homer, a homer sleeper pick. Okay. Keep an eye on it this year, the college season. Fifth year at Villanova, Matt Campbell, lefty hammer, New Jersey kid. How much are you getting like paid? How much, how much are you getting paid now from, from Villanova to slip these in there for, for draft picks? Zero. Zero. Holy fuck. But Villanova does pay me to do I've just got his first NIL deal. Unbelievable. I'm telling you. No, but I, I'm serious. When I, when I look at the Chrome, you know, wrapping this up, when I look at the Chrome, I love what Saib says. We like those guys. But – the guys who are super valuable, they're not going to walk anyway. No. And I think Sudo is going to look at this and say, if we can find a way to get a two-point threat, I think this team is built for a run now. And, yeah. Trust trust the way they've been drafting. And if you look at the, uh, what Greg said, you want a, a attackman? You got two attackmen that you got. You got two sick attackmen that you've drafted. You've done a great job there. You draft Miles uh, with Harris, right? The, uh, you, you draft the best defenseman. He turned out to be lockdown defender of the year. You draft Scanoni, who ends up being your starting goalie and your backbone. So right now, their their hit rate on their drafts, they're hitting a hundred percent on all their draft picks, which a lot of teams in this league can't say. So I would just trust what they're doing. If he says he needs a LSM, I'm sure they're going to hit on it too. No, yeah. I think that's a good point, and, and I think you guys are both right. Um, that, you know, they have their guys and they, they do have a, you know, it's the fifth pick. It's going to be an important player that they're going to take. And I think they're going to assess, you know, what their, what their real needs are. It's definitely not down at the attack. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see going forward. And with that being said, we are happy to turn it over to my new friend and Scotty's best friend, uh, Connor Farrell for our great interview with him. LI native baby. Tell me that Scotty. Is that him jumping in? Nah, it's, yeah, he it's can't totally figure out his new laptop. <laughs> Too late. 
He can't. Oh man, he's been Connor. He's been dying to get you on, and he can't even show up on time. Connor, okay. What's up? Oh, the camera going. What's up, man? Scotty, the camera's too close. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm not in the fucking mood today. Shut the fuck up. Scotty, can you see us? Just Scotty, yeah. just back up a little bit. Hey, Connor, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> Where's the camera? Yeah. Fuck this camera that they sent. I'm using my own. There, there we go. Fuck okay. it. What's up? What's up? What's going on, brother? How are we doing, Scott? Why are you in a bad mood? Why are you grumpy? This is how life goes when I don't have shit the way I want it. Rub right. him down. Okay. Rub him down. He needs he needs to loosen up. Let's go. Oh, Connor knows. He kind of likes me this way. Let's do it. What's up, big boy? <laughs> Scotty, what color is that hoodie? It's tan. It's a color heart. You, you have to get this to the Army Surplus store. <laughs> what are you what <laughs> what camera are you using is that a potato hey greg i, I quit my job so I are you shooting this on a calculator i use my own um cameras now <laughs> nothing plugged in danny and that's how it's gonna be today so let's get going all right welcome to the podcast connor farrell i believe this is take three third time's the charm well we're ready to have you on and by no fault of connor's it was our fault on the technical end. Scotty had a tough day working. He's a working man. And, he, you know, he hustled back home to get on and, and talk to us. So we appreciate that from him. I think Scotty wants to lead it off. And he's got a question for his boy. Connor, yeah, buddy. Uh, pumped to have you. Long Island guy, just like me. I know how you, um, you know, you came up. I kind of blue collar guy, just like myself. You know, with that being said, that edge that uh, I know I always had a chip on my shoulder playing some of these guys um, in the league. How do you feel when you go into these matchups, right? You, you go against some of these big college guys, right? These big um, North Carolina, these ACC schools, right? Coming from uh, LIU, as I say, post, baby. I love that spot. What What is that edge, man? What's that like for you? What's your mindset as you as you shoot up every week? I, I go into every single game the same exact way. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm just going to come and knock you in the fucking face and win the fucking ball. Are we allowed to curse on this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Connor, you don't even know what's yet. Greg gets Greg gets bleeped out, but everyone else is cool. I go, uh, I go fucking ham, you know? Let's go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Thank so, you. Connor, I mean, one of the things – you and I have hit it off right away when we first met in 2019, and one of the things I admired about you was you walk the walk. You – you know, you the way you handle yourself, the way you play – I always say, like, you know, one of the issues that I find with the PLL, the way the, you know, the face-offs are officiating and all that stuff, I feel like it kind of is stumping the ability for a young star to come into the league because the learning curve is so drastic. But you came in right away. You caught on very quickly. What was really impressive to me is I watch your game from 2019 just to now, okay, just a couple of years, and you have added to your game every single season. You've refined yourself and that says a lot because I don't. I think the mistake people make is they think that when you're a pro, what you see is what you're going to get every single year. But you're proving that your ceiling is ex exponentially higher than it was your your rookie year, and you continue to improve and add to your game. What are you looking for after each season so that you can kind of take your game to another level? Yeah, like each season, I'm looking. I watched the film over again a few times to see what I was doing wrong, see what I could fix. Because, like you said, you're going against the best guys in the world. 
they're going to catch on quick if you do the same move over and over. So you got to add something else, like a little another wep- another weapon in your back pocket each year. And if you don't, you're going to get left in the dust. Yeah. And, and aside from the talent level, obviously, that you're going against, mm-hmm. what's the difference between preparation in college compared to being a professional level faceoff guy? Well, on college at D2 level, you didn't really get many uh, fans in the crowd or anyone watching. So now you're really the lights are shining on you again. Every game, I'm nervous. I'm, I feel like I'm about to throw up. But I got like I, I go into it every game. Like I, I, I want to win the ball. I want to do whatever I can to get the get my team the W. Do what I can to help out. But yeah, now, dude, now I, I used to say it all the time: the adrenaline dump before a first faceoff. Um, I hate the day leading up to the first faceoff. I can't yeah. wait to get it over with. Yeah, it's that first whistle. Once you hear that first whistle, you're fine. Yeah, then so, you just you feel all flush, the sweat. Oh, like, so they, yeah, uh, they shake I get so nervous. <laughs> so, so Connor, in in college, were you just manhandling people, dusting people, or was it you know have you been on just a gradual progression up to get where you are now? Uh, it, it slowly got better. Like my freshman year, I only played like three games because I joined late. I joined into in the playoffs because I was playing football at first, and then like sophomore year, I had a good year. I was maybe like sixty percent, and then uh, junior year slowly started getting better. But senior year was when I really like. <laughs> realized that I could play at the next level because I like went like three games where I didn't lose a face off. And I was like, Oh, maybe I, if I keep working hard on this, I could like get to the next level and play against the best guys in the world. Well, I mean, I think you're doing that pretty damn well. I think, uh, you know, knowing the way you are, knowing your, your, your great personality, you're very, very positive. You're, you're always smiling. You always make me laugh. You always make people around you smile. But I know when you get on the field, I mean, you'll smile and still knock someone on their ass. That's, that's where people I think tend to, uh, they don't understand, right? Because they like see you off the field. You're like, yo, brother. And then all of a sudden when you're on the field, you're going to be on your ass, right? And yeah. I think that's the switch that you have found in the pro game that, yeah, I'll be your friend, but I'm going to make sure that you feel my presence. And I think you've made – your style of facing off in our league is is a fun to watch for me because I know Greg's always talking technically. For me, that guy that's not really very knowledgeable about, about face-offs, I can kind of see you go out there and just – if I know who's the bigger, stronger guy off the rip, um, I kind of go with like, wow, he's probably going to have a day and use that power to his, to his advantage. My question to a lot of our guests is rivalries. Like I always ask the goalies, when you look across the other cage, who's the guy that you get juiced up to go against? For you, um, you know, we asked Grant Amon, who's his matchup? Who's he hate going against? Who do you who do you love to compete against in this league? Who's your like? Who would you say is your rival? Um. <clears throat> I love going against everyone. Uh, <laughs> rival? I wouldn't say rival. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm close with everyone on the, on in the league. But uh, you know who always gives you a tough battle? You never how, know how it's going to end up. Is uh, like Jake Withers because he has so many different weapons. Like he could swipe you, he could clamp you. Even when you get the ball out, doesn't mean you're going to get the, you're going to get the win. He's coming right after you. So I, I always look forward to games against him because me and him are really good friends. Yeah. Like we just played the last weekend up in uh, Canada for a little scrimmage for box, but uh, I, I really enjoy playing against him. This you never know well, what you get from. Well, yeah, going off of that comment, man, how, how is that for you, right? This is your first, this is your first season yeah, box? This is your first, first box season, and I really wanted it to do it to elevate my field level, field game, and like not just the face-offs, because face-offs are totally different in, in box, yeah. but like handling the ball after the, after the face-off and being able to go down the field, maybe make a pass, play a little better defense, mm-hmm. and I, I actually, I love it. It's physical, it's fast, I loved hockey growing up, so it really reminds me of that. 
But the the big difference is those picks that you can do in box. It's unbelievable. You can oh, fool twenty twenty yards away to light someone up. I'm sure. Yo, it's absolutely. I gotta tell you, dude. My, when I was when I was drafted into the NLL by the Rochester Nighthawks, I came into camp. Had I mean back then, Americans had no idea what box across was like at all. And you show up and. I'm just there with my, you know, my outdoor helmet. My, I have no rib pads. Learned, <laughs> learned real quick. Yeah. And in comes Reggie Thorpe. And if people don't know who Reggie Thorpe is, Reggie Thorpe is like an all-timer. Played play D. Oh. Yeah. Dude, upstate guy through and through. Comes in, and I'm watching this guy run block. So the dudes are coming down on offense, and he's just flat out putting yeah. people into boards. And I was like, holy shit, what did I sign up for? <laughs> Dude, and this was when he was like, that was his last season that he was doing that. Man, he was a menace. Dude, indoor is like the most fun version of lacrosse in my opinion. Yeah. Last like, week was my first week at camp, and then like it's the most lacrosse I've ever played in my life. Right? I, playing, I, I did maybe each practice I would do maybe about a minute and a half of face-offs. The rest is just straight-up defense, shooting drills. I've never played this much of the girls in my you life. Saw, I, I, you, are you sore or what? Oh, my God. I came <laughs> home from the right away. <laughs> I was shot. Ice yeah. bed, everything. Oh, dude. That's great. Are they having you run some tranny, or are you, are you kind of walling up and playing D? Uh, I was playing more defense this, uh, this these past two weeks. So I was facing off playing defense, which is fun. Yeah, Bring back awesome. that middle linebacker days. I love it. Yeah, they tell you just to cross check everybody. The first time I played box, they had me playing. Uh, they had me playing defense, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I've been in the cage the whole my whole life. They're like, all right, so any guy that comes across your face, make sure you two hand them. So like, <laughs> anyone that came across my face, I cross checked, and then after I'm getting back picked, I'm getting table topped. I've never felt a pick in my whole damn life, and people are butt hook picking me. I'm getting, I'm getting, they're like trying to go after me the whole game. I just, I know your style. I know you're definitely going out there. You're not making friends right away. So <laughs> I, I can see that being a really physical, physical brand out there. This for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think that's such an interesting point too, because, you know, we've seen Nards and Trevor have success playing in the, in the NOL. Is that something that, you know, they talked to you about, they talked you into, or just something that you want to do personally for yourself or just kind of the trend that what, you know, the pro face-off guys are doing these days. No, honestly, uh, Pat, uh, Patty Merrill, the coach and GM of the Seals, contacted me, and I really wanted – I was thinking what I could do to really elevate my game for next season for field. So I was like, perfect opportunity. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. And you get to hang out in San Diego for the winter. I'll yeah. take that all day. You get to bring you get to bring your your uh your fiance out there yet? Or I'm going there this weekend. She's coming with me, so she gets to hang out. It's there. like it's free vacations, free vacations all winter, babe. Yeah. Yo, so Connor, this is my question because you know you're one of the few people in our sport that I feel like outworks me as far as how many things you're doing. So you have because you run feral face off training at Long Island, and you do an awesome job, and then. You you are the the head coach of Sachem now, right? I so I actually just ended that. Okay, because I'm playing box. Yeah, okay. Jesus. All right, so he was on. the head coach at Sachem. Now he's playing indoor. So now you're playing PLL. You're playing indoor. You coach faceoffs. You also run a club team now, right? Yeah, I started my own club team. Great What's South the name Bay of that? Lacrosse. Great South Bay Lacrosse. Okay, so now you have a club team as well. You own a facility. Right. You're running clinics. You run what do you run? Like 12 hours of clinics a day. 
Dude, Connor's like, yeah, I'm working from 9 a.m. You listen, you, I'm like, Wait, you're working 12 hours. Like, yeah, kids just skip school and come here because my seems seems you gotta seems you gotta understand. Connor's one of the only guys because Greg, me, Greg, and I are probably right. Connor, Greg, and I are like the two guys that grind lacrosse full time since the beginning. Um, yeah. A couple of us and watching Connor do it, it's pretty like. Pretty awesome because he's an old school mentality, dude. He's like doing 20, like we were 20 different things. Yeah. I'm sure his taxes are a fucking mess, right? He's got things coming in from everywhere. You think he's reporting those? Yeah. The oh, dude, 1099s there, ass, all off the books, all Venmo. Come on, no way. He's no, not bro. This is going out. We can't have money. Sorry, there's something that. you have to understand about the clinic business is that every for every five parents that are there, at least one of them is counting your money. Yeah. So they're sitting there going, oh, seven kids, you're charging $50. <laughs> you're like, one of you guys is going to report me one day. I'm not <laughs> any chances. We're doing everything above the table here. Um, but yeah, so you have a lot of, you have a lot of plates spinning, which I admire because, you know, I think obvious, the obvious misconception, or at least it wasn't a misconception early, but one of the obvious things that people always say about lacrosse is like rich preppy school, you know, kids do it, but not all of us came from that background and you can't teach somebody to learn how to struggle and hustle. And I think for you, like you just, you do it with a smile on your face, which makes me and Scotty feel like you're just one of the dudes. Cause yeah. that's how we are, man. We love yeah. to grind. So like, what are you not doing yet that you want to try? <laughs> uh, it was the box and now I'm in that, but uh, I don't know. Other than know. marriage. Give me a fucking yeah, no, it was, no. Connor. You were doing jujitsu too. You were doing jujitsu, weren't you too? Yeah, I do Brazilian jujitsu too. Is this guy unbelievable? <laughs> Yo, wait till somebody wait till somebody drops the gloves and he and he <laughs> he goes full guard. Armbar. They're like, why the hell? How did this happen? Fucking armbar. Yeah. They're like, this isn't how you do it. Um, <laughs> do you, do you attribute you know some of how into it you are. Obviously, you have a great work ethic and, and you love the sport, but do you attribute some of that to kind of your late start in it and you, you're not really burnt out and you just you're just taking it all in right now? Do you you know attribute some of that to that? 100 percent Like I, I really didn't start loving lacrosse until my senior year of college. So I'm still I'm still like uh yeah. I'm still like a, the honeymoon stage right now. <laughs> I still love it, having a great time, having not sick of it yet. But uh, I don't see that coming anytime soon because I'm having a great time. Well, that's, how, that's what's awesome about you, Connor, is um, your trajectory. Like I had said, your ceiling is so high because a lot of guys will get in the league and they'll be as good as they're going to be. They don't make any effort to add things to their game, whatever. I experienced that because I started in high school and I didn't really start becoming only a face-off guy until I got into the pros. And they were like, you're not good enough to do anything else. Um so, like, for me, I was like, man, I'm still, like, a lax rat. Like, I still love this, and I'm still carrying my stick around, like, you know, a noob, while these other guys are just – that's they're as good as they're going to be. So, I look at your trajectory, man. Sky's the limit. What's the, what are some things that you want to add to your game for next year? Because I also – after you answer that, I also want you to tell us your, your evolution of your stance because you came in as a knee-down guy. Now you're, like, exclusively standing neutral grip. So – First, I want you to just tell us what you want to add to your game. Then I want you to tell us about the evolution of your stance. Uh, I think the big thing for next year, adding to my game, is being a threat with the ball mm -hmm. after the after the faceoff. So I think that's my next thing next season. So, but uh, like coming to the league, I was well in college. My first three years, I was stand up. That's right. 
And then I went down my knee for my senior year and I came into the PLL first two years, well, two and a half years. I was knee down. But then once they changed the rules, I figured, why would I be coaching all these kids, all these hundreds of kids stand up when they watch my game, see me down. It's not, it's not realistic for them. So the, I want them to watch my games and see what I do right or see what I do wrong. And we can watch my film together and they can learn from it or we could just go over what we could fix. And that's, so that's, really that's what that. I mean when you walk the walk, dude. dude Scotty, like Connor, so the, the, the rule change happened in the NCAA. You weren't allowed to go knee down anymore. You had to go stand up. Yeah. Connor decided – he didn't give a shit. He goes, maybe I won't face off at as high of a percentage at first. And I'm just going to only do this because I need to be exactly who I'm telling these kids to be. Yep. That would be like you just suddenly having to play goalie with your opposite hand all of a sudden. I know. You know no, what I mean? l- l- listen, listen, we talk about all the time. We talk about, you know, we've talked about other episodes, how you and I like to be, we take pride in being ambassadors of the sport through our career. Um, Connor, I, I honestly, I don't want to sit here and keep licking, you know, ball washing you, but you know, we, uh, That's you know, what people there, do to come there, on the show. They know they're a, ball there's a, there's a respect there because it's, it's a lot of us take like this, us old guys like to take pride in like doing the right way. Like if you're going to be a role model, listen, I don't give a shit what you do off the field. Listen, you've been with me off the field. I don't give a shit what you do off the field, but when you're doing on the field and you are teaching kids how to do something, it's really hard as a goalie. Cause we get caught in this goalie, in this goalie space. A lot of guys cheat, bait, do shit that you really cannot teach a youth goalie. Like, you can't teach a youth goalie to play. I always say you cannot teach a youth goalie to play the way Blaze plays sometimes. So, like, we do it, and and I do it too. I can't – you know, I don't tell goalies to go hit people in games, but – (laughs) <laughs> they, they, you know, they do that. So it's just in the face-off game, there's so many repetitions, right, that you have so many coaching points that you can actually go back and have real change in your, your players that you coach because you're like, look, I made this mistake, and you do it the same way. So I just think that's a really big thing, man. That's a good answer because I didn't think – I didn't even think Dude, that about takes that. takes zero ego to be able to do that. Yeah. Because anybody can look at film of a, of a kid and be like, hey, you shouldn't do what this kid's doing. <laughs> But to be able to be like, hey, see how I drop my foot back here? That You got to make sure you don't do that. Like, dude, that takes like, especially, you know, in the lacrosse world with face-offs, people are always looking for reasons to to point out why you're not as good as you think you are, knock you down because they think they have some kind of financial advantage to do so. So I just give you a ton of props for that. That's, that's pretty well, awesome. Man. Can we uh, – I, I know Steve's is a huge Chrome fan. I want to talk about you guys. I want to talk to you about yep. Chrome. I was uh, riding you guys high I, this year, man. I, I, I know. Mean, I was watching. I was yeah. watching. Yeah. So I, we, listen, you're riding this all year. I, talk, I, I loved watching you guys play. You guys looked like you just were having so much fun. You know, you turned it around from, you know, previous seasons. And you just were such a fun team to watch. Can you kind of tell us about that, you know, the locker room atmosphere, the kind of characters you have on the team? And, you know, obviously you fell a little short this year. Maybe some, you know, aspirations for the future, how you guys are looking next year. Yeah, I mean – that Chrome team was the closest team I've ever been a part of. Like you would not see one of us walking around alone. You'd see a big group of the Chrome guys walking together. We're always talking. The group chat's going off. My phone's buzzing all day. Sometimes I wanted to put it on mute, but I love these guys too much, so I let it. I let it just keep going. But uh, we we fell short in the playoffs, which which stunk. We I, I don't know. Like maybe we just fell short, but that's that's what we needed really. We had a great regular season. But the playoffs, like even playoffs in the bubble year, we made we were like the two seed again, and we lost first round against the uh, chaos again. Well, 
watching you guys kind of go, you've been there since the beginning, right? I mean, like since the since the the, the dog days, right? And I, I was a part of something like that in the, the Ohio Machine um, <laughs> rebuild back in the MLL. We used to get like shit hit, and then you know we won a championship. You know, probably four years down the line, added some players. Um, but I know Sudo's got to be. I, I, there's one guy I've always wanted to play for. I he's he's just a fuck he's our kind of guy i think if you're looking across the board right is he Man. was he is he a good you think he's like a perfect match for you and your kind of your he, style he's the per- perfect match because me and him we're, we're really close like I, we went hunting together we go hunting together and all that but me and him are really close i love him he's a great players coach he's like he'll like bring everyone in he'll get everyone's input and then we'll do whatever works best for us but he's he's just the best coach one of the best coaches i've ever had that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, he looks like he looks like he speaks y'all's language. And I, that's that when he used to coach that Rattlers team. I know you guys had a lot of guys retire uh, mm-hmm. that were his guys from the Rock the Beast Nose. When we used to play those Rochester teams, dude. They were like the same fucking team. Once all the box guys came back, we're like they're gonna make a run deep into the playoffs. Yep. It's gonna be Ned. It's gonna be White. It's gonna be Galloway. So watching those guys leave of late, I know that had to be hard for Sudo. But is he kind of embracing this youth? That you got this injection of youth that you guys have coming forward? Yeah, I mean, we had a great rookie class come in. Like with Wisnowskis and Nick Turner were absolutely unbelievable. We did the young guys have started to come up. Uh, we still got some of the, I think we got what, maybe four of the original Chrome guys from 2019. Yeah. So it's definitely not that same team from a few years ago. I can't believe I'm going to my fifth season already. I know. You're like a vet, dude. It's like, what, Manly? So, I mean, listen, having Mike Manley there, I think is. And him not retiring is fucking huge just because you know what he brings, man. Like that grit, that, that like nasty, tough guy. Like, you know, that's a, you need a guy like that. He's watching him against the, uh, the chaos. That was a prime example. Like, don't fucking, don't poke the bear, dude. Don't cause do that it, guy man. will fucking do it, right? Here, man. He looked like he was 22 again. He was killing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I called you guys a couple times on the podcast, uh, Island of the Misfit Toys, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, just because you guys have such a big group of characters, such kind of loud, you know, personalities. And who who's the biggest character on the team? You know, who's who's cracking the most jokes? Say Heacock. I know he's going to say my, it's, my, it's my roommate, Colin Heacock. <laughs> he's the biggest character. I love him to death, but he's nuts. Yeah, he's, nuts, huh? he's like, yo, he's like baby Huey. You ever see a guy that looks like Tarzan? <laughs> yeah, he like looks like Tarzan. He's like the perfect fucking specimen of an athlete, and he's out there, and he's like the <laughs> nicest, loving guy you'll ever talk to, right? He's the best. I love him. I love him. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to see, you know, when we have guests on here and we talk about the off season that's coming up with free agency. Every team has their own you know, core group of guys they have, you know, and it's, it's kind of weird, especially if you have started in the league on the same team and you haven't left yet, you see your identity there. Right. So you've been a Chrome guy from the beginning, you know, describe this locker room because it's going to be interesting. We were, we were discussing this on the last episode between loyalty to your boys and wanting to continue to be part of the locker room, but also there's money to be made. So you know, what's that balance going to be like, do you think, for this squad? Uh, I, th- I think this locker room is just so close. I don't think anyone will be uh, – I mean, we're not getting – we're not millionaires. I don't think anyone's going to be chasing the uh, – chasing That extra two grand? Leave. Yeah, <laughs> chasing, leaving the locker room. For Sorry, the guys. I got two grand on the table, and I want to be Oprah rich. That's tax. <laughs> so that's like a thousand bucks. Yeah. 
and I, I think I think this team's really going into a great direction. So I, I don't I think we're gonna be having a good core group again. Come is that on. I know Sibes is dying to to uh, bet on you guys again next year. So <laughs> that future, I mean, that was gonna put me on a vacation at the end at the end of the summer. Too bad it didn't work out, but always next year. Nice a nice it. long vacation at Long Beach. Yo, Sibes is a. What are you, a Hamptons guy or Montauk? Oh, yeah, he's a Hamptons guy. I, I, got, I rented the house in Montauk past two summers. Nice. Yeah, yeah and Connor, Connor. He's not an LI guy, you know? <laughs> I've, been, I've been out of Long Beach. Come on. I've been, I've been That's you know, right. Yeah, we got some get, time in there. Yeah. We I, got some bu- the I got some buddies from Long Island. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can hang. I can hang. Come on now. Me and Connor, <laughs> me and Connor will take you to the end until close in Long Beach. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Connor, we want to thank you so much for uh, coming on. Before we let you go, any final questions, uh, Scotty, Greg, for our, for our boy here? No, man, I love talking to him. I'm just pumped that we got him on here. Yeah, he's... man, I love you so much that I'm drinking out his gallon of milk and I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> I hope you share. Ah! And Let's go! Cheers, brother. Cheers. Cheers, Connor. <laughs> oh, look at him. I hope you shit your pants, Greg. <laughs> we got to finish. We got to wrap this up. I got to go to the bathroom already. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks a well, lot, Connor. Man. Thank you Appreciate so much. You on, Good luck Good in the NLL this uh, this coming up season. We're rooting for you, and and Thanks. go Chrome, baby. Love Hell you, yeah, Connor. Strong. Love you, brother. Love you, boys. Brother. Everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that interview. And I forgot to mention at the top of the interview, it is also Greg's best face-off friend, Connor Farrell. We're so <laughs> happy to have him on, guys. This was a great show. Anything you guys want to close out with, Greg? I hope. No, I just hope these guys, I hope everyone's enjoying what we're doing, right? I think we're doing two teams every two weeks. I, we want you guys to stay engaged. Keep uh, liking, subscribing, watching our content. And we will, uh, we're excited to just keep this thing growing to the moon, baby. Yeah, man. Uh, we got the national show, FOA National Showcase coming up first week in December. Excited for that. We got draft stuff. We got off-season stuff. We're going to be uh, getting word soon that we're going to have some live shows again in PLL. We're going to be expanding that a little bit this year, including possibly a trip to the actual Sixes event. So can't wait for the next show because a lot of information for the PL is going to be dropping after we record this. Yes, absolutely. We have a lot of stuff coming down in the pipeline. Like you mentioned, the Sixes. We have two more teams left to break down for their off-season potential moves. And then we get into my favorite part of lacrosse season, which is college lax. I can't wait to do that. Can't wait to be a homer and pump Villanova up until they let me down. (laughs) But uh, yeah, guys, make sure if you're listening on Apple, you're subscribing. Uh, If you're listening on Spotify, you're hitting that download button. And if you're watching us on the Torch Pro YouTube channel, make sure you're subscribing to that page as well. Fellas, another awesome episode. And listeners, we'll catch you all soon. To the moon!